This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. In California. Midtown Manhattan. In Oakland's Chinatown. A 65-year-old woman. 84-year-old Thai American man. A 91-year-old man. Shoved to the ground. Attacked in broad daylight. Punched and kicked her. He died of his injuries days later. Violence against Asian Americans, especially elders, has increased dramatically in the past two years, and the community has responded to these disturbing attacks with action. We can't sit back and wait for politics and policies. Those are needed for long-term systemic changes. But right now, grandmas are getting beaten to death in the street. Who do you argue with that? There's no moral compass for that kind of conversation. That is Hudson Lau, leader of the group Asians Are Strong. The organization is based in San Francisco and teaches self-defense so people can feel safe and ready to protect themselves in their communities if an attack occurs. Now, today we're going to dig into how learning self-defense can lead to empowerment. And we are joined by Natasha Chan, who's a board member of Asians Are Strong. She recently led a workshop with Chicago Asian Women Empowerment, and she joins us now. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Sasha Ann. Welcome to the show. You got involved with this group, Asians Are Strong, during a time when attacks against Asian people really were just rising at a scary pace. How did you turn your fear and your anxiety into action? Yeah, so, you know, as you heard in some of that intro footage, um, it was a really a hard time for the community last year. And especially coming out of the pandemic, so many of us were separated from our families. And my family is still back in the Bay Area, and I hadn't seen them for over a year. Um, so I got to go home for Mother's Day, actually. And that was when I first found out about Asians Are Strong. Uh, so one of the traditions that we have is always watching the Chinese news while we eat dinner. And uh, while we were watching KTSF, um, I happened to see a clip of Hudson, um, our founder, and Jeremy chasing after um, some robbers who had just taken luggage from some tourists. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, they they highlighted this organization and showcased how they were really doing something to empower the community after so many of us were feeling helpless. You know, we can't stop people from attacking our our parents, our grandparents, and we just felt like there's we can't all possibly be out on the streets just patrolling at all times. So just knowing that this organization existed really resonated with me. And as soon as I found out about them, I really wanted to get involved. Yeah. Tell us more about what Asians Are Strong does. Yeah. Um, so like you mentioned, uh, you know, we're a nonprofit organization that's focused on empowering the community through self-defense. Yeah. Um, so we use education. We use self-defense workshops to actually give tools to the community so that they can protect themselves and their loved ones. And you have been practicing Krav Maga for 10 years. Yeah, that right? that's right. Yep. So tell us what it is for, for folks who aren't aware. Yeah, so um, Krav Maga is officially used by the Israeli Defense Force, and it's also used by a lot of law enforcement. But it's a style of martial arts that's specifically focused on recognizing danger in immediate stages and acting without hesitation, um, using a lot of aggression to actually fight back against an attacker. Um, so it's very practical. It's very efficient. Um, and that's why it's specifically used by law enforcement. What was it that drew it? you to it. Um, So it was actually my mom. um, You know, but when I went off to college, my mom said, um, I really want you to learn to protect yourself. You know, if anything. Really? Okay. Yeah. If anything ever happens to you. And, you know, I had taken Taekwondo growing up, but she really wanted me to learn practical self-defense. So the very first class I ever took, I almost cried. You know, someone put me into a headlock and was dragging me around class. But um, knowing that there's a lot of men in class, a lot of law enforcement, it just really showed myself that I was able to do it and I could be strong. So you said you almost cried. I mean, I I tried it years ago. I mean, it was just like one session, Mm -hmm. but um, 
I do remember how powerful yes. I felt afterward. Like, what do you get out of this practice? Like, how do you feel after learning the different moves? Yeah. So um, it's funny. Um, you know, I think a lot of people use yoga to feel zen, but I have a lot of inner rage. And so I think I channel. Don't we all? <laughs> I channel a lot of my inner rage, I think, through this class. And it's really the only place where I can feel completely at peace in a really strange way. Like I can just totally turn my mind off and just focus on what my body is doing, you know, innate muscle reactions. Um, but I think it does give me a sense of confidence that, you know, if I were ever in a bad situation, I would know how to handle myself. Uh, but again, I don't want to, you know, give off the impression that I have a false sense of confidence. Like we've been talking a lot about gun violence today, about weapons. And even though we do get trained to do gun disarms and knife disarms in class, it still scares me, you know. And so I think I feel more confident in hand-to-hand combat. But when it comes to actual weapons, like I am by no means an expert. And yeah. It still does make me scared. So have you been in any sort of fight or flight situation yet where you've had to use this? I thankfully have not had to use this, um, but, you know, I think as a woman, as an Asian person walking around, I am constantly just on edge, especially, you know, walking home from work. Um, You know, if it's dark out, I still constantly kind of hold my hands and fists like ready to go if ever I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm constantly looking left, looking right, Mm -hmm. just looking around me. Just even my walk from and I, I caught myself doing this mm-hmm. this morning just my walk from my you know my condo to my car yeah. downstairs you know i just I, i'm looking left i'm looking right i'm just mm-hmm. making sure that i'm aware of my surroundings i just yeah. i put myself in the position where no one can really just appear mm-hmm. And I felt the same way, to be honest with you, like even in broad daylight. I mean, here in Chicago, it's like 1130 right now when I was coming from the parking garage. Like I, I felt nervous and I hate that we have to feel that way. So it sounds to me like Asians are strong, like it's really a grassroots yes. movement. Like you're really just literally sharing knowledge with each other. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And I think what specifically drew me to this organization is that um, a lot of people on our board are trained either in Muay Thai and some sort of self-defense, judo, jiu-jitsu. And it's something that we're all super passionate about. And again, none of us are you know, certified instructors. And I mean, some of us are, but um, we really are just trying to give tools back to, you know, if it were our parents, our, our friends, our aunts, our loved ones, like we just want them to feel safe. I love that the recommendation came from your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and you're sharing knowledge, too, on, on social media, right? Yes. Tell us about these Instagram videos that are being made. Yeah, so um, it started out with Hudson and Jeremy, um, you know, just out in a football field, like showing if someone tries to do a straight punch at you, you know, how do you avoid that? Uh, but recently, we've been trying to pivot a lot of our content to be more focused on a lot of, unfortunately, these attacks that continue happening. Um, we try to make them a little bit more situational. Um, so for instance, I, I recently helped shooting two videos. Um, so Christina Lee, unfortunately, in New York, Michelle Goh, were two women that were involved in um, some really heinous crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of women, specifically Asian women, were feeling unsafe. Um, and I think it means a lot more seeing a woman in a video actually protecting herself or being in these types of situations uh, versus seeing men or, you know, two men kind of talking about what it's like. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of our content, as you know, we continue to grow, will really include more women, more different types of situations that we're seeing in the media. Have you gotten any feedback since making that, that shift? Because I, I would... I would think that that would be impactful. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, Hudson always jokes that I, I made the 10,000 view club. Like we saw a lot of views on that, those specific videos, I think, because they were so timely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, women are really, really interested in learning about self-defense and how to get themselves out of these terrible situations. 
As we mentioned, you led a workshop with uh, Chicago Asian Women Empowerment, mm-hmm. and uh, you taught self-defense mm-hmm. basics there. Gosh, I wish you could teach me today. <laughs> I wish we were on TV in yeah. this in this very moment. Um, but I, I'm curious what the workshop was like. like. How do you feel going from practicing the sport to actually teaching people? Yeah, um, again, I am not by any means an expert. It's just something I'm really passionate about. But I think there's basic tips and tools that every woman, every woman and every person can know. Um, so specifically, we held that event on the one year anniversary of the March 16th shootings in Atlanta. Um, and they were specifically focused on um, you know, remembering these women that were lost in the shooting, and they were all Asian women. Yeah. Um, and so for this specific event, um, it was just, again, kind of empowering women, Asian women specifically, who were feeling scared. Um, and earlier this year, you know, in Chicago Chinatown, there was another shooting that happened. Um, an old an old grandpa, you know, was just walking, getting his newspaper, and he was shot, I think, over 20 times in front of an elementary school. Um, so I think, you know, women just don't know where to start. And I think um, one of the big biggest misconceptions that people often think is I need to have a taser, I need to have a knife. But if you're not trained to use these things, those weapons can be taken and used against you. So really your best tool is just your own body and learning muscle memory. If someone attacks you, you know, what to do. So I just started with with really basic things. And I I try and put myself in the shoes of people that I'm working with. Um, You know, what are things that I'm scared of? Or, you know, just asking women, like when you are walking around, like, you know, these are the most common types of situations you might find yourself in if someone tries to grab you from behind, um, if you need to create space, you know, uh, push kicking someone just to create that distance. Those are the things I think about when I'm working with other women. If you're just tuning in, I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that's Natasha Chan. She practices Krav Maga, and she's a board member of Asians Are Strong. That's a community safety group that's based in San Francisco. Now, we're talking about how self-defense can lead to empowerment for the Asian American community. So Asians are strong. You also offer bystander training. Yes. Give us a sense of what's involved with that. Yeah, so a lot of the tips that we get are um, specifically from an organization called Hollaback that's based in New York, as well as Asians Americans Advancing Justice. Um, so they have uh, this... Uh, tip or acronym that's kind of like the five D's of bystander intervention training. Um, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head right now, but a few that always stick with me are distracting um, and just making sure that uh, you're checking in with that person and, uh, you know, we at Asians Are Strong, one of our core missions is to be your own hero and to don't be passive. Um, and so part of bystander intervention is just making sure that you treat every person around you as if it was your own family member, mm-hmm. if it was your own loved one, and how would you want people to react to them? Um, so we talk a lot about situational awareness, making sure that you're aware of your surroundings and that you um, are constantly, I hate to say it, but you know, on the lookout for things that could potentially go wrong. Yeah. Um, but those are some of the things that we keep in mind with bystander. So for folks, so for folks listening, then, um, if you wanted to talk about what they should do if they see an attack happening, is it your classic? If you see something, say something. Yeah, and again, you know, I think it it kind of depends. Um, we always say with bystander intervention, you can't help if you yourself are in physical danger or if you yourself get incapacitated. So if you feel like you have the training, um, you have the confidence to actually step in and 
avoid, you know, some sort of physical attack, by all means, uh, feel free to do that. But if you don't think that you're you have the ability to do that, even recording the situation, getting someone who can help, mm-hmm. those are all really helpful things just to, you know, de-escalate the situation. Someone listening might also think, you know, this is something I've wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I've never tried it before, mm-hmm. you know, even thinking about, you know, Krav Maga. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for them? Yeah. So, again, you know, I think a lot of women think, um, you know, I have a taser or I have pepper spray or whatever. Um, but if you've never actually physically been in a situation where you're scared and you have to use it, you might just forget completely how to do all of those things. Yeah. And same with training. You know, if, if you go to a self-defense workshop once, you're going to completely forget everything when you're actually in that situation. And so if it does scare you, just start, you know, just try to go to a free class, see what it's like, go with friends. Um, here in Chicago, I personally train at Krav Maga Force. Um, one of our instructors is in law enforcement. She's a woman and she teaches women's workshops. Mm-hmm. Like start in environments where you feel safe and comfortable and kind of keep going from there. Um, but self-defense is a journey. It's not a one and done thing. You have to continuously train and practice. Mm, That's such a good point. Mm -hmm. Where where do you want to see your group go next, specifically the Chicago branch of Asians Are Strong? Yeah, so right now um, I am the only member that is in Chicago. Oh, you are the group. (laughs) I am the group here in Chicago. (laughs) Okay. um, All of our board is uh, specifically based in California at the moment, but we are trying to expand. Um, You know, the idea behind it is that these attacks don't just happen in California, in the Bay Area, in L.A., in New York. They're happening all over the U.S., and we really would love to see the organization grow, even if it means doing virtual events, Mm -hmm. whatever we can to empower as many people as we can is the goal. Today is the last day of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. One of our reporters came out with a story about how Chicagoans celebrated the month and how some people think that AAPI Heritage Month isn't really given a lot of attention or shine at their schools or organizations. What's your response to that? And, And what have you been reflecting on this month? Unfortunately, I do think that's true, you know, coming from California, where um, I am very proud of my heritage. My family immigrated from Hong Kong. Um, There's such a strong sense of pride and community um, on the coasts. Uh, But when I did move here to Chicago, I did notice that it was a lot harder to find community and to connect with others. Um, And so it's it's been a joy, honestly, just connecting to the community here and trying to find other folks like me who are trying to, you know, make connection. Um, but you know, the first, again, the first thing to do is just start, you know, if you're looking for community, just go out and find it and you're going to find other people who want to be part of it just as much as you do. That's Natasha Chan, board member of Asians Are Strong. Thank you so much for joining us and being here in studio. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.